One more week, JJ. One more week to what? Our live show. Doing big things. Live show, Thursday, August 12th at Dixon Place in New York City. Tickets at at Dying Alone Podcast on Instagram. JJ, what are we going to give our fans? We're going to give them uh, all of the energy that you get on this podcast, but mm-hmm. in the flesh. We also, because we're sponsored by Satisfier, we're going to have a couple of uh, things to give away, perhaps. You will have to earn them, and I'm not sure how you're going to do that yet, but expect it to be humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so make sure you get your tickets today. Uh, it's next week, Thursday, August 12th, New York City, Dixon Place. We promise it's going to be a really fun time, and we'll see you there. Mwah. This episode of Dying Alone Together is brought to you exclusively by Satisfier. So when you walked in here to record, mm-hmm. it's it's funny because I said it and then you were like, oh my god, I've been feeling this way. Like you look you just look very Fresh, very like energized. You've got a nut like your hairs, like you've got a whole like aura that I'm, I'm. I definitely saw when you came in. Yeah, I don't know. I've felt that way. It's um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. If um, <laughs> if there's a specific, <laughs> it's all reason. happening. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just have been in, in like a pretty uh, chipper mood and feeling like life's a movie and feeling cinematic. It's things are opening up. I'm seeing people. I'm hugging strangers and. It's, I don't know, I think all of that is making me the way I am right now, plus some caffeine. I do think with the world, so we are we record these in batches, so we're recording this right after, uh, you know, Biden put out the, uh, or the CDC put out, you know, that we don't need to wear masks if we're vaccinated, right. and we've waited two weeks, and, yeah, and things in New York have started opening up, so there definitely is, like, a real... Like, there's something in the air, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think, in some respects, people have forgotten how to people. Yeah, 100%. It's like, oh, we can be close to each other now? Allow me to be as close to you as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's still not okay. I still like personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but it is, there is sort of a, I have gotten eyes. Ooh. Like, I was walking down Hell's Kitchen to Chelsea to do some, uh, some summer shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, far more it, men and women, just, like, people just, like, looking you up and down, looking yes. at, like, people are just, like, we are free and we are horny. That's exactly right. I feel the same way. I checked out a boy that was sitting at a coffee shop the other day, and we, like, shared a smile, but I was on my way to go do stuff, so I didn't, like, stop and get his number or anything, but I have been definitely flirting more. Yeah. I flirted with my barista this morning. Okay. And thank you because I got a free cookie out of it. That's right. He put an extra pistachio cookie in my bag because, I don't know, we just exchanged some words and we're smiley at each other. I'm doing everything I can to not eat it into this mic. Oh, Because okay. I think that I think that people really hate that. Yeah. Eating sounds are not for everyone. Some people love that stuff. True. There's no whole like ASMR. Like yeah. That. Yeah. We might have a pocket niche audience or something. I forgot that at some point we're supposed to be like, hi and welcome back. So oh hi. God. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Dying Alone Together. Ooh. I'm Jack Tracy. I'm JJ Bozeman. And um, so at the start of the show today, I thought we should talk about uh, that this transitionary period, mm-hmm. this sort of moving from from quarantine and pandemic. I am I am double vaxxed in past my two weeks. Same as well. Are you a are you a Moderna queen or a Pfizer queen? Oh, I was gonna say. Well, I don't know if it, Pfizer. You're a Pfizer queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a choice. I just that's the place. When I signed up, they're like, "This is what we have." It's like, great. One hundred percent. I <laughs> called the number. I didn't use like any of the things. I called a hotline for it and said, "The next appointment you have, I'll take." 
And it was the southern tip of Staten Island the next day at 4.30. Oh, mine was just over on Madison Avenue. I, I was like, yes, I'll take it. But oh my God, it was two and a half hours to get there from my Oh apartment. my God. I made a whole trip out of it. I brought a book and I went and got pizza in Staten Island and stuff. But All like, right. and then I had to go back like two or whatever, three yeah. weeks later. It was wow. fine. <laughs> but yeah, was I would have taken the Russian one. Like I, yeah. any, any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this transitionary period, I have found, you know, we talked about it a little bit. I had a couple sort of... Um, pod, pandemic pod buddies, and, and I had been dating. I'm still dating. Obviously, we're going to swipe later. Um, but I got to the point with somebody, and I'd love to talk about this, like, where, where I had to sort of end. I had to have a conversation. Oh. And the, what sucks is I like it better when they turn out to be, like, an asshole <laughs> or they do something crazy. And then I can break. just be like, I'm just not responding to this person anymore. Like, I will, I will ghost... If you have been, if we've only gone out once, mm-hmm. unless you're like texting and then like, like if we both just don't message each other after like a one date or two date, that's fine. Yeah. Like I don't reach back out to be like, hey, by the way, the reason I'm not texting is blank. Um, I just let it go. Yeah. Or if we've been dating for a while and you do something truly wild that like I feel like I was like, we don't need to talk about this. I'm just not. I'm done. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I know other people have different feelings about that. This was one where it was like. We have been dating for several months, and he's great. I just don't think it's a long-term match for a reason I want to talk about. Mm. But – um, and I really like him. He's a really great guy. Yeah. And it, it was just like we kind of want different things, and there's a there's a disconnect that's just going to be a problem in the long run. Mm. And for that, it's like that means we got to sit down – got, we like got to have a talk. Right. We got to sit down and talk about it. Yeah. I can't – you know, it would be incredibly cruel to just, you know – phase out or slowly disappear mm. it's, you know the person did nothing wrong and i wouldn't want them like especially if you think about it and it's like on your mind when you see yeah. them and then the lack of the conversation just i don't know anticipating that stuff it, it wears on me more to be waiting around for that conversation i guess it's whenever you have to like pull the trigger and just have the combo yeah whenever it's like in your head and as like um cold ass honky as i am i like it was like i was just sitting there like we were so he lives maybe like forty minutes. Like the tra- he's not very far, but the transit causes problems. Like it's a weird way to get from me to him. So like, and he was like, "Oh, it's my turn to come to you." And I'm like, "I can't." Like uh, me knowing that we're gonna have this talk, I was like, "I can't have you like travel forty minutes oh. on train for me to have this talk and then send it back." So I was like, oh let's let's meet midpoint here. Well, and- how about that's like, oh geez, that's like. I got broken up with, I think, last year. Similarly, I was like, oh, I'm going to come to you. And he lived in Manhattan. I was in Brooklyn. And he was like, oh, uh, where are you coming from? You're at home still? Okay, wait, uh, before you come... uh, He was, like, awkward over text. He's like, before you come over, hold on, let me think about this. And I was like, what? And he's like, can I call you really quick? And I was like, sure. And he called me before I went over and broke up with me over the phone, which is fine. Totally. That has that was done to me over pandemic. Someone yeah. who was li- like, I was literally cleaning up the apartment, lighting candles, getting wine. And mm-hmm. Like, oh god! Now Aww. you think you think that I well, because I, I listen. Yeah. First off, now I, what I realize is I'm conjuring an image that when someone comes over for a date, it's like a Hannibal Lecter or like weird Barbara Streisand movie thing. Yes. It's not that we've been going out a lot. We'd seen each other a lot. He was coming over. Yeah. We were absolutely going to have sex. Yeah. And because we had great sex. And like I was literally like he was the text was supposed to be like, I'm on my way. Right. And he was and he just texted the breakup. 
Oh. He just said a paragraph. Hey, in thinking about tonight, I've decided not to come, blah, 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 blah. That used to be more of a faux pas than I think it is, which is weird. Well, we had already gone out like six times, so uh, this felt... I was I was not happy about oh. that. You can't text message breakup. No, not at that point. You can't... There are... I think there are situations where you can. Okay. I think if you... If you have gone on one date, oh yeah, and or two or even two dates, mm-hmm. and the person just message is has been messaging you to set up another date, I think it's better, oh, yeah. rather than to just like not respond for a while and do the like, oh sorry, missed this, mm-hmm. like for a while until they get the hint. Mm-hmm. I think it's better to just be like, hey, like because they're reaching out, mm-hmm. but if they don't reach out and you don't reach out, I think that's fine. I've also had to call it off with someone before whenever like. Dating was just another thing that I had to do, it felt like, sort of. Like, too much was going on in life, and I just felt very overwhelmed. And that turned into a text message breakup from my end, because, honestly, I just was overwhelmed, and I needed to, like, get it out the easiest way possible. I'm like, hey, I don't think I'm available for dating right now, because I have too many plates spinning, and I'm stressed. And also, quite frankly, I'm, I'm kind of in the position right now, and everything changes, this could change, but I'm almost wondering if I'm just better in, like, a series of short-term relationships and if that's just fine for me i mean that's not uh unimaginable for me either no. i think like that's really fun i used to think all the time about how like the best part is like the flirty fun part of the well, beginning. Of, course. of course everyone agrees but i mean i don't know i thought there might be something to that that we're kind of like well why don't we just enjoy what we enjoy and then when it's not fun anymore go find something fun well and i wonder if that's if that's sort of the impetus behind It'd be interesting to get someone on the show to talk about it, but if that's the impetus behind a poly relationship where it's like, mm-hmm. I want the benefits of a long-term relationship with someone where, you know, we know each other better than anyone and we're there yeah. for each other and the support and and the special phases of a relationship that develop when you just tr- really know someone and been together a long time. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you don't want to give up ever feeling that, like, right. introductory flirty thing ever again. Yeah, it feels So like- you allow yourself to, like... Have that here and there, and yeah. for people that that are able to deal with the the any jealousy or or and work that out, and you know, it sounds like Yahtzee to me. I think so. I, I think about that sometimes. It's like, why would we want to sacrifice the the experience yeah. of flirting, no matter who you are? Like meeting yeah. a stranger and both of you kind of having a you know cute moment. Like that's so so much fun. Why yeah. would you ever want to stop that? I guess. So the reason that I had to end it with this guy, he's oh, yeah. super nice. We had fun. He loved Maxie. Maxie loved him. My dog, for those of you. Um, Mismatched libido. Oh. Which I have dated someone Mm -hmm. with a mismatched libido. Like a significant... Not like... I went it three times a week. Well, I went it four times a week. Like, I'm a three to five times a week kind of guy. Nice. That's like my base level. Oh. Right. Whereas he would would be like, oh, you know, I haven't seen you in two weeks. I haven't even jerked off since then. Oh, I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've jerked off twice already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I turned him away here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Before you finish that sentence. Like, oh, that's, that's what are you talking about? I'm jerking off right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's. That's real. I've been on yeah. both ends of that spectrum, though, I feel like, because it's phases for me. I would mm-hmm. say I don't think I have a baseline that's consistent. Um, you know, I don't know, at 26, I feel like it still is like every other season is a different, um, right. 
level, but... Oh, well, spring has sprung. Yes. Current. Oh, man, spring has sprung. Yeah. I feel that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've been on both ends of that as far as like, I've been the one who wants to have more sex, and I've also been the one who doesn't want to have as much sex. Uh, yeah, I've been both. Yeah. Um, wait, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> no, wait, no. I've never been the one who, who, oh, who's who's... This is too much. Uh, no, no, no. I've only I've I have only been the other side of that, but just different, different, varying. One was like constant, and one was like you know. Well, the other one was sort of a power dynamic thing. Mm. But um, in, in I dated someone. It's funny because I feel like I'm 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 I've learned lessons from prior relationships, and I'm I'm putting them into play now. Mm-hmm. And with that, it was you know, and I t- I said it to him when we were talking. I was like, you know, in the past, you know, and I've done this. I was dating someone for five years with with um, extreme mismatched libido, mm. and and not only that, but just like you know, we just had different, we enjoyed different things about sex as well. Yeah, uh, and. In the past, there was a part of my brain that went like, oh, that's something for me to get over. And I think it's because of sort of heteronormative and like Hollywood and 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 the way the way that it's sort of like, you know, men are rascals and then they, you know, have their bachelor parties and now they need to, you know, ball and chain. They need to settle down. They need to, you know, oh, he always wants to have sex. And so, you know, and that whole trope I think was really like ingrained in me so that I went – Oh, he's the right, correct level, and I'm being immature. Wait, sorry, just to clarify again, he's the one, he's so right. He, right, so he's like his like lower level of oh. libido. It's like, yeah, because he's serious. Oh, gotcha, he's gotcha. a mature person. Right. I'm acting like a teenager. Oh. I need to grow up. I, I need to, that used to be my perspective. Uh-huh. And now, having, you know, been in a relationship with someone where that's just, if you do not have similar libidos. Yeah. That's going to be a real problem. Mm. And I said to him, I was like, I don't want to get – I like you a lot. I don't want to get to the point where like two years from now we're resentful towards each other because you're like, he always wants to have sex. And I'm like, why isn't he fucking me? Yeah. And yeah. it's there's nothing wrong with either of us. We mm. just both have different levels and that's just it, – it's it presents itself very problem. Like it's a problem for me when – dating initially to suss that out too yeah. Yeah. because if you start talking about sex too early there's this huge like group of guys that are just like oh you just want to hook up you're a hookup mm-hmm. guy you're a mm-hmm. you know and it's important it is because i like i'm thinking about it again the feeling of not being interested in sex and knowing that someone needs it or wants it in the moment from you, like the kind of like the combination of like feeling a little bit of pressure mm-hmm. to perform, feeling like, oh, I don't want them to think that I'm not attracted to them. Yeah. All of like the worry and the baggage that comes along with with being the one with the lower libido, it's so stressful, it turns into resentment so quickly. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and it feels like a personal rejection. Yeah, it feels yeah. you, you, you. Uh, it, it, it's like a. It almost feels like a read on your attractiveness. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you're the one that wants to have sex. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we recommend to our listeners when dating, it is important mm-hmm. to have a a roughly matched libido, and it's a thing you should ask about yeah. at some point. That's figure out when it's comfortable for you. Right. Talk about it. Try to find a way to be comfortable, and also. Give yourself a break if it's if it's annoying and difficult because it's annoying and difficult for everybody. Right, and if you have a higher libido and the other person doesn't, um, you will alt- You are not a slut, and yeah. you 
you just you have a different you know and for me i don't want kids and um i mean if anything i'm gonna have like a, a ranch of like 43 rescue cocker spaniels oh. uh they'll eat me when i die but um <laughs> like that's that's where i'm envisioning my life so like the fantasy uh, since i don't have children i plan on I put on fucking all the time, mm. forever. Yeah. So, like, if you ain't down, it's not going to work. You know, whatever. whatever. But that's also why people open relationships and, you know, right. like, get your sexual box checked with someone else. Right, well, that's a whole other conversation. Get that box checked. Check that box. All right, well, we're going to take a break to go check our boxes, and then um, and then we'll get to the swipe up. JJ, have you ever had a sexual encounter with someone who was not physically in the room with you? I mean, is it the 21st century? I, I think it's the 21st century, yeah. though I'm always kind of confused with that about like, okay, it's 2021. Yes, it is the 21st century. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the 21st century. Yes, so of course there are plenty of devices that allow you to give and receive pleasure, mm-hmm. um, sexual wellness devices, in fact, that uh, you can share with a partner uh, even when you're away from each other. What? No way. Is that something you would like to procure for yourself in order to enhance your sexual encounters? I think everyone could gain something from that. Yes. And do you know anybody who sells sexual wellness products that uh, that connect to an app that allow for such adventures? You know what? Now that you mention it, Satisfier can Satisfier. connect you today. Satisfier, who is the exclusive sponsor of this podcast, who we love. Yes. You need to go to their website, www.satisfier.com. S-A-T-I-S-F. Y-E-R.com is where you will find all sorts of app-enabled products that you can connect through the secure Bluetooth technology, strong bond, strong bond? Strong bond. Yes, I, I, I enjoy strong bonds, deep vibes, and uh, good times. <laughs> and you can have all of those with these Satisfired products uh, by going to Satisfier.com. And I think there is a discount code uh, for listeners, do you know what that is, JJ? Could it possibly be DAT30? DAT, dying alone together, DAT30 at checkout for 30% off. There it is. That isn't too shy. 30% off is a good discount. I mean, you're welcome, guys. Yes. And so, ladies, and anyone else? All. Uh, 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 guys, gals, nems, and everything on the spectrum. Ken get a satisfier wellness product that they will enjoy. That's right. If you're looking for sexual wellness, you know exactly where to go. That's satisfierwithay.com. So when we, no, don't worry about it. So when we, um, when we swipe, so editing these episodes, I am our episode editor. Mm -hmm. Editing these episodes, first off, I have to remember to keep the phone away from the mics as best as possible so that we don't get like weird feedback, but I can't turn it on airplane mode because we're swiping. We're swiping. Also, um, I think it would be important because we we're so delicate to not critique anyone's physical appearance because that's shitty. Yeah. That we almost, I do think we have to give people a better visual so that like cause they're not sitting here with us. No. True. So I thought it'd be fun if we could do like when the person comes up and we give them a name, we also say like who would play them in a movie. Oh, cute! And that way you can at home can sort of track like okay, we're talking about this guy. Yeah, and maybe it's not completely physical. Maybe there's a vibe they give maybe, off. Yeah, yeah, purely for your imagination. Yeah. If you don't like this, if you prefer you know making up this person in your head, uh, mm-hmm. let us know. But right, I don't even know if we need to clarify whether it's the vibe or the appearance. No. We can just be like you know that guy. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, so you get to pick. I so get to pick again. we have surveyed them all. We've touched back on other ones. So I mean, it's just whatever you feel like. Exactly. I feel like looking at OkCupid. All right. So we're in OkCupid. We can look at my likes. We can look at my messages. We can swipe some people. Uh, up to you. Let's swipe some people. Let's see right. what's going on. There's the interference. We're going to move the thing away. It's having a hard time loading this guy's profile. Let me restart OkCupid. So I find OkCupid and Tinder can be, ex- Tinder especially, can be extremely buggy. Oh, really? Like I have to log out and log into Tinder all the time. Mm. Uh, Hinge actually works the best, but I get the least amount of traction on it. So. Alrighty, so we are now in or swiping. So we are in the discover phase, which OkCupid started a few years ago, basically to match exactly what Tinder and and Hinge do. Right. They used to not do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I like we've, seeing the percentages and stuff. It's interesting. Yes, and I like to see. I like to always go to the what we disagree on to mm. see if how important. Yes. Yeah, if there's a deal breaker in there. Um. So this. Yeah. yeah. Where you go? First person that comes up is... Fake name. A a fake name. Uh, His name is Adam. 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 And his first picture has a mask on to kind of show signs of the times. Which we've talked about. I have a problem with. Yeah. This is not an automatic no, Mm -hmm. but like, thank you. Mm -hmm. But this, the purpose of this is to date you. I need to know what you look like. It's a Valentina, I'd like to keep it on thing. Yeah. Don't, don't put it in the first one. Yeah. Uh, so he he does have nice eyes though. Yeah. Super. So we can't say who would play him in a movie until we actually see his face. Okay. Now we see his face, and here's the thing. Oh, I have an idea for. Oh, who? Yeah, who actor. plays this person in a movie? Miles Teller. I have no idea who that is. Did Hopefully you watch you do. Whiplash? I know. Th- th- I know what that is, but yeah. I have not seen it. Okay. Well, anyway, the actor Miles Teller is who I'm thinking. So okay, so we've got one, two. Three, four, five, six, a good selection of pictures. The first one is a mask. He has really nice eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go through the second pictures, what are you, which, I'll hold my judgment. What sure. are you reading? I'm reading, it's a super close-up, but it also looks like whatever, the quality of the camera or if the filter, like his skin looks so buttery that I don't, I think, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. This is face-tuned to death. Yeah, that's what it is. This is like Marlena Dietrich mm-hmm. Vaseline on the lens. Right. And it's just, it looks like the texture of his skin is is retouched, but his face is handsome. Like, he's got very nice yes. features. Which means either either he just loves filters or he maybe has a skin or if he's, situation. Or if he's just perfect. I highly <laughs> doubt that. All right, um, optimist. Anyway. Um, well, because there he is in regular sunlight, and right. he looks There's fine. a picture that's not as retouched, although like the lighting is dramatic, and maybe that provides a little bit of something. But And sunglasses. Don't and wear sunglasses. sunglasses. Although, he looks cool. I'm getting like very cool guy vibes with mm. those glasses. He's got aviators He loves on. that jacket. True. He has his jacket on, I think, like the majority of these photos. Mm-hmm. Cool guy look. Also with sunglasses. Another sunglasses picture. And then with a dog. We talked about this, I think. Having yes. an animal in your picture is like cheating. <laughs> True. And I do it. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, I don't know whether I'm looking at a, a, a picture or a painting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so His skin, airbrushed. Yeah, it is. And to me, that just tells me that this is someone who, who is just very focused on their looks mm-hmm. in a way that I mean, I uh, my pictures are, are are touched up as well, but not to this extent. And it's hard to tell whenever 
Because I think it's like the same uh, monster. Whenever I like, you know, put a filter on a picture before I post it, it's like, is it for me and my sense of self-confidence? Right. Or is it just knowing that I'm trying to like play a game? With other people. Like, it's about other people's perception of, oh, I want them to think that I'm put together. Right. And the Poe, like, he's beautiful eyes, but, the, the like, there's a bit of the duck mouth thing, you know? It's just a little, like, it's... Maybe... For me. Juvenile for, But for me. Yeah. It's yeah, just sure. a little much. No problem. So he's... We said his name was Adam. He's 30. He lives relatively nearby. Mm-hmm. He is Hispanic. Uh, he is 5'10". Mm-hmm. And he has a very short profile. Yeah, quick profile. What sticks out? Um, uh, Looking for his partner in crime, goal-oriented, honest, kind, and self-aware. I also, yeah, that's really, that's sweet. I also find it, so his says doesn't have kids but might want them. I always find that like an interesting thing to put out there early. Although I've I've been, I've conversed with guys before and that comes up early. Mm. And I, it will mm-hmm. continue to and I don't find it to be like a red flag. But isn't that like... I don't know. Something about that feels like so incredibly personal, but maybe it is good to get out early. I well, I mean, that was something that was another thing of the, the, the guy that, that we've stopped dating. Um, that was another thing he, he said kids. very early on that, that he wanted kids. And okay. I, I just know for a fact that I don't. Yeah. So I, well, I think the reason that it confuses me is because I don't know. I love hmm. the idea sometimes of, of having a child and I don't know, the being a dad thing sounds so much fun. But it also is such a different thing that I don't know. I'm, I, I Maybe it's just because I'm 26 and I have no idea what the future holds. Yeah, you had a while. I don't know. But um, it just, it's very one or the other and who knows. So I find it yeah. funny that people know definitely that they do or don't. I, I mean, at the ripe old age of 38, I just know that, that that's not mm-hmm. how I want to spend a 20-year chunk of my life. Right. Um, yeah, I just know that off the bat. So for me, it's just a matter of like, let's not let's not even waste each other's time because yeah. if that's something you very if it's someone who's like might don't know, fine. But yeah. if you're just very sure, like I want, I need a husband, I need a house, I need children, like I'm not going to be able to give that to you. So you like, go. we should know right away. That's good to clarify. I just am so confused by it because I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. So we disagree on ten things. Uh, some of these seem like errors, or it's that. So we match, but as we we talked about before, our answers are the same for these questions, but we we it comes up as a disagree because one of us wants the other to say something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both describe ourselves as intense. Mm-hmm. We both. Um, oh, he's oh, ready to get married. He's ready to get married. And how important is religion, God, in your life? Not, not very important. Not important at all. I mean, that's the same. Yeah, that's the same. This um, one, yeah. The, are we ready to settle down and get married right now? Well, I. I I, I mean, I think people interpret that question different ways. You're, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Like, I think some people interpret... So the question is, are you ready to settle down and get married right now? I think the way that I inter- the way that I answer that question is I interpret the question as being like, like, the next one's it. Oh, sure, yeah. And I don't know... And I'm not... I'm just like... I, I, I will still date someone... Even if I'm not a hundred percent sure that like mm-hmm. this is the the final thing, and mm-hmm. so to me, if he's if he's interpreting the question the way that I'm interpreting, it's he's saying like, look, the next time we're doing this, we're doing this, or that's like my like goal. Right. I hope no one's that. Well, there are definitely people that are that you know determined to kind of like. Oh, you see them. That's true. Always. They've got the husband checklists on the yeah, on the thing. That just seems so stressful to me. Yeah. Um. 
Or he just might be saying that, like, you know, he might be interpreting it more loosely of just like, I am generally ready. If it presented itself, you know, I wouldn't say no because I still need to X, Y, Z. Right. My answer to the question would be like, I definitely don't think so generally. But if I meet like the 100 percent most cool, interesting, perfect match for me ever, then, you know, I would probably have a different answer. He describes his political beliefs as other. Oh. Hmm. Would you rather be, he said normal, I said weird. Oh, that's like, ugh. Yeah. I have no interest in being normal. Normal's boring. Um, I like that question, but wow, people that pick normal. So, you know what? There's no super red flags here. It's very, it's a, there aren't many questions answered. Mm-hmm. Um, he is attractive. I, I will say yes to this person okay. just to see what a conversation might look right. like. Right. Don't close the door just yet, right? Nice. Cool. All right, so we're moving on to Bob. Bob. Bob, so it's already telling me that he has already liked me. Oh, cool. So we know we already match. He has, um, like, the same face in every photo. He does. So, okay, so who would play him in a movie? Um, I'm seeing, like, actors that I don't know the names of in my head. He looks like one of those, like, people that would be on, like, Everybody Loves Raymond, kind of like a funny co- sitcom guy. Yeah, he's like the... Um, the sitcom brother. Mm-hmm, exactly. The guest star sitcom brother. Who okay. Comes in. The older brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Are we painting a good, good picture for everybody? Yeah. Let us know. Uh, Bob, forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the pictures. He does make the same face in every photo. And he, he just does... he, he just looks like a, a dude. Yeah. Super chill. Um. All right. Recently began a new chapter in my career. Uh, he's a teacher. Um, I worked for many years raising, it was a fundraiser. I'm just trying to skip over like specific details to try not to identify this person. Mm -hmm. There's some very specific stuff. Yeah, he wrote Um, a lot. Yeah, he he worked in like pro bono, raising money for human rights stuff, and now he's a teacher. All that's almost swept. That's all really great. Um, He's basically lived in the area for a long time. Friendly, affable, compassionate, grounded, down-to-earth, and pretty self-aware. I have learned much about myself through relationships, both romantic and otherwise, in my life. This guy, like, writes the way that I write. Yeah. And he already comes off as very introspective, like someone who can have this much to write about. See, this level of chill and this level, like, this for me is the right balance. Like, he's thorough, Mm -hmm. but not like a 17-paragraph, like, you need to be this and you need to be that. Right. But it's very concise. Teachers tend to like me. Mm, I like teachers. Um... I'm really good at analyzing complex situations, being a supportive friend, being social, teaching, giving advice when solicited. Oh, cute. Being a mensch. Lots of other stuff. What's a mensch? I've heard that so many times. I think that is a Yiddish word for like, um, okay, viewers, correct <laughs> me. Neither of us are Jewish. No. But I, I, when I hear it, the context is always like like a stand-up guy. Okay, cool. He's a real mensch. Oh, I know? like That's how I've always heard it. Please, mm-hmm. well, look, I'm not Googling. Um <laughs> Uh, da, da, da. I am really not good at cooking. Oh, you can assume I am good at everything else. Smiley that's face. Cute. I see. I'm hoping yeah. that's like a sex thing. Oh yeah, because that's how I would like cut a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, and that yeah. means he's a bit of a rascal, which is something I look for. Oh yeah, I like that. Very fun. Uh, my golden rule: will be the change you wish to see in the world, or as close to it as you can. Mm-hmm. He's an average. Avid fan of indie films. Ooh. His music is mostly 80s new wave. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Taylor Swift is a fave too short. Jazz vocals. I'll tell you. I love jazz too. Trying to reclaim his outdoorsy side. Guys, I like this guy. I think I like him too. Can I have him? <laughs> you stay the fuck away from oh, my shit. abs. Oh shit. Oh <laughs> shit. If we get competitive, that would change this well, whole no, show. Well, you, no, you and I rarely have. No. Yeah, it's true. Rarely have overlap. No, that's right. That's right. I don't Except for that friend of yours that I just mentioned that I saw you take a picture with on the beach. I would destroy him. True. Um. <laughs> um da, 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 da. Okay. I'm like sold. Do it. Absolutely. That I'm was good. Like a- so I'm not going to write him a message now, but I have to remember to circle back because this is someone that I would. Okay. So this is a good thing to talk about. Sure. There is a huge etiquette thing about, and we're wrapping up. So if there's a huge etiquette thing about um, who messages first upon a match. Oh. Okay. So there's sort of different permutations of this. So there's certain apps that allow you to send a message with your like. Mm-hmm. whether or not the person has even seen or decided yes. You don't know if the person's yes, no, and you yet. You can send, like, I like you, and here's a little intro. You can do that on OkCupid. Okay. The other apps are like, there is no conversation permitted until both sides mutually say yes, and then it opens the door. Mm-hmm. And then there's a thing of, if you were the second person, because you both got to do it, should you, or is it your responsibility, like, you're the one that has seen that we've matched, so you should extend the first hand. Some people have very strong opinions wow. about um, how that should go and oftentimes take up a lot of their profile <laughs> in describing to people the exact ways in which people Gosh. must approach them to follow a correct protocol. I have thoughts. What are your What are your initial thoughts? My on that? initial thoughts are: Gosh, it's nice to not have to worry about stuff <laughs> like that. Holy crap! Um, yeah, that'd be another thing to worry about, I guess, if I was on there. Uh, well, okay, let me put this in, in yeah. like your yes, world. yes, yes, yes. Okay, so a minivan pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the guy, the yep. guy opens yep. the back door of the minivan. You both. <laughs> Like, he's kind of looking out. You look at him. You look past him. You see, you know, no furniture, but but, but a jackhammer. No. <laughs> and oh you make God. eye contact. We don't have to say words. You make eye contact. Right. No Is it incumbent on him to say, hop in, buddy? Say I've got words. candy. No. Or do you got to be like extra room in there for me i well i would probably do the extra room in there. i would i think there would be no words it'd be a non-verbal <laughs> communication i would do the eyebrow thing and he would pat like the seat besides him or like the floor besides him or the cardboard box and i would join him in the back of that van so my opinions on this does that clarify my it, it, it's good. super clear Answer i think loud everyone knows now <laughs> has good good marching orders for life now yeah um we are nothing if not helpful i <laughs> Here's here's how, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I'm going to tell you what how yeah, I do it. I'm interested. It's based on how much I like you, mm-hmm. based on your profile. If it's a like, you know what? We just had a perfect example. Yeah. The first guy, it was like, there's not much in your profile. You're just cute. Mm-hmm. I will like you because maybe, mm-hmm. but like you haven't really. You, this person, that person, not not judging them, but they didn't really put themselves out there in the profile. They didn't really like lay it out on the line. It wasn't right. so I didn't really feel anything to like respond to. Respond to now, if they were like super fucking sexy, <laughs> I still might like yeah. start it. Just like, hey, I want to, I want to exactly get into this. Is. But otherwise, I don't feel the need. 
to reach out. And you've got people who are like, if I if you match with me and you haven't you haven't said hi to me in the first uh-uh. two days, I'm taking you off. You're take several seats. That person has it's created like, a problem. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's someone who needs to feel control over a situation yeah. they feel insecure in. Um, I so for me, I will res- I will be the first person if like I'm like it's like I'm super interested or like there's something in your profile I've got to latch on to. Or your pictures are just so hot that yes. like, I want to guarantee us. That's exactly sex. what it is. That's but how, other than that, yeah, I don't feel that. I do not feel the pressure to like. Oh, we. I'm the Yahtzee. I'm the one that that matched us. Mm-hmm. Now it is my job to like reach out. Yeah. And the other thing I won't do is I won't. And I'm fine with a. Uh, and even if with the reach out, I'm also fine with something brief. Hi, hello, hi, handsome. Oh, people I remember that stuff that. where people hated that for a while. People thinking that that meant you're boring if you don't start a I conversation. A huge. That's a topic for a whole other episode. That's a whole segment. That I is. got a huge fight with somebody about that on on the apps. Mm. Went on for several days. <laughs> um, yeah, people get real mad at a hi. <laughs> Whatever. You just you're just saying hi. It's like, girl, I don't know you. I know. If I, I, I if I saw you at a bar, I would do this. I would walk up and say hi. Sure. And I also, I mean, I get that it, everything's a competition because there's a million people in the world. And I don't know, there's, uh, I guess, like, if I'm looking at a bunch of messages on an inbox and one uh-huh. says hi versus one that has something, sure, there's a competition as far as, like, what's more engaging and what's more interesting. But that's not a reason to hold a high against somebody. That's really boring and weird. If anything, I'm glad people do it because I can know right now right. that like, oh, yeah, this is not gonna like you're right nuts. Um, or you're gonna you're just gonna have a lot of lot of opinion, very strong opinions about things that don't fucking matter. Yeah, uh, and that's not for me. I know it just puts me into a lull. I get very bored listening to people that are high strung. Well, speaking of people who are bored of listening to high strung people, <laughs> our audience could probably use a break right now. So we are gonna take a brief break, and we're gonna come back with our buddy Joe to talk about his custody battle while finding his wife. I've got brand new toys. So I went down to my package room the other day, and it turns out that uh, Satisfyer sent me a brand new box of, I mean, multiple new toys. It's part of their um, uh, uh, anal extension, which is a, a, a some coursework that I attempted to take at the new school, uh, and they blocked my email. Um, anal August? I don't know. I don't know when you're going to be hearing these ads, but I'm recording it in August. To me... Every, every month of the year is anal. Anyway, I should promote these products. So the one I want to talk about today is the Twirling Joy. Um, it is described as a tip vibrator. And the best way I can describe it is it kind of looks like a, like an E.T. finger, you know? I'll be in here is what I tried to make my Dom say when he used it on me and he refused. Um... It's it basically I used it to sort of um, stimulate sort of the outside area and then just inside before uh, we got down to business and it was really hot. It was actually really hot to have someone else use it on me. Um, and and I know that by comparison because I started using it and then I handed it off to him and it was much better when he was in control of it. But those are issues between me and my therapist. Um, so 
get yourself um, you can get yourself a twirling joy today with thirty percent off by using discount code DAT thirty at checkout. That's dying alone together thirty DAT at checkout. Satisfier.com. S A T I S F Y E R dot com. And um, if you do get the twirling joy and uh, twirling enjoy it. Uh, please uh, reach out to us on our Instagram at at Dying Alone Podcast and let me know how much it made you want to phone home. So next up, we have a very special guest who, uh, in addition to being an independent writer and filmmaker, is actually a very good friend and uh, constant collaborator uh, uh, for myself and for JJ. So he's the creator, writer, and director of a comedy web series called The Distressed Dating Life of Diane Damone, on which I am also a producer and have a little cameo bit in. Uh, he is the co-writer and director of an upcoming psychological horror film that's shooting in Connecticut in September, which I hopefully happily a part of as well and helped him do the teaser for last weekend. Uh, and he is currently creating a no-budget grindhouse-style exploitation film for distribution online. He has not mentioned this in his list of credits, but he's also been the DP on nearly every single music video I've done in how many years. And uh, this is um, our first, uh, as far as we know, uh, heterosexual. Whoa. Uh, whoa. We got a straight guy on this podcast, guys. Uh, this is Joseph Patrick Conroy. Hi, Joe. Hey, hey, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. And I feel privileged. <laughs> I should get like an award for being the first uh, first and only straight guy. Well, we, 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 we were even talking about possibly having you on like regularly if you were interested of just like, we need a straight guy's perspective on this. Let's call Joe. Yeah, I'd love to do that. That would be actually cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So you and I met, I always tell this story whenever we meet someone together, um, you and I met on the set of a of another person's gay web series. Uh, you were the DP on that, and you edited that as well, right? I did, yes. Uh, so I was in a phase between seasons of history where I was very focused on, like, I need to see what other people's sets are like because I only know my own, and I need to know if, like— Am I doing this right? Am I like? Am I missing things? And honestly, I was actually scoping a lot of your equipment and like writing things down. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, oh, what kind of camera is that? And what kind of what kind of light is that? And I was like scoping out sort of stuff. And uh, uh, the way that I tell it, you can you can tell it, if, it differently if if you saw it differently. But I felt that the the writer director creator was a little um, not as um, on it as maybe I am during set. And I felt there was a sort of lack of, of things weren't really moving. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just, I played like gay hookup three and all I had to do was like do a comedic bit and make out with the guy. But I sort of locked eyes with Joe and was like, because J- J- we were both we not were both in that way though cool. not not in that way it was a working it was a work, working lock yeah it, it was in a working a working type of way uh no no we locked eyes and sort of like a, this ship needs steering and oh. we kind of like did it together nice. you co-opted their set well joe was in a position of authority True. on top of it i love that you came in to kind of like peek and then like you know what you need a little help let me help you out yeah is that is that how you remember it yeah, no, it, it was. I mean, the the guy who uh, who was doing that web series was, you know, he he co-wrote it with a friend, and it was, you know, it, it was pretty clear what needed to happen in each scene. But be, being that he was a first time director, he yeah. was very, he, he was kind of lost a little bit, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I was just, I think that part of part of my role there was not just to shoot it, but to give him like direction to give direction, if that makes sense, you know, to kind of right. like, okay, well, we should probably do this and go here, and he would always be like, okay. 
that's fine. So it was like, you know, I, I kind of just was like, you know, the ghost director, if you will. Right. Um, for that. But yeah, it was, it, it really, you know, you kind of came on like, okay, so how should we do this? I mean, it was good though, because it was very collaborative. Not that I don't want to say that I was completely running the show, but I felt like that I was the one that was being like, this is how you do things here on a set. You know, I was like, right. let's go. You, you can't go that way. I guess you could, but I don't think it's right for the scene. So I was really almost like, I wore many hats. I would say creative consultant was a big one. I was a DP mainly, but I was also like, yeah, we should go this way or do whatever. But yeah, I was definitely like that. Like me and you were kind of like, okay, we'll do this. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe if we go this way. I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. And, Let's try that. And I think we quickly developed sort of a, a shorthand where like, I feel like you and I almost like, and, and now that we've worked together so much, we we like, we have this language of just like, oh, this is what I'm going for. Oh, I see. It. Okay. All right. I know what you need. And like, you go do, and then I go do. And like, I think we've really developed a great sort of, I think we really understand, even though like, you know, we, we, when we write, we both make very different things. Like I wouldn't make what you make and you wouldn't make what I make. We still understand what the other's looking for and we know how to execute it. Right. No, I think that's, that's just, that's a common sense of, of creativity, especially in filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, if two people know what they're doing and know what they want, that other person is going to listen to what they say and, yeah. and get it, or at least be like, okay, so here, I'm sending you an email with, with everything that I want to do on this, on this shoot. And I look it over yeah. and I was like, based on past stuff, I'm like, okay, I know, I know this, I know this, we've been at this location before, so I know how to light it, I know how to shoot it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's almost like once you send me stuff, I'm, I'm yeah. on board automatically. You know, I just read the email, I'm like, done, we're good to go. Mm -hmm. So because this is a, a, a love, dating, sex, and relationship uh, podcast, the reason that I, I asked you to be on today, Joe, is uh, the last time I was at your place and we were editing uh, my most recent music video... Um, uh, you, we had to stop for a moment because you had just gotten papers from the court to sign that um, uh, solidified your, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but sole custody of your daughter. Yes, yes, correct. So it was, uh, yeah, across the board, custody of pretty much everything. And that was about this August, it would have, well, this September, it would have been going on eight years uh, wow. that, I was, that I was dealing with with that. And I really thought that it was never going to end. And even my lawyers were like, you know what, this, in a situation like you're in where the opposite parent is litigious and really mm -hmm. wants to have their own way. And like, they won't relent. They're like, okay, well, maybe he's up by like 20 to nothing, but I'm going for the three point shot kind of a thing. You know, it's just, it just, I thought it was never going to end. And um, it just, it just kind of happened one day where, you know, um, her, her legal counsel was just like, you know, I think, you know, my client and I realized that this is the pretty much the end of the line and, you know, uh, here's what we'd like to do. And it just kind of worked out that, you know, whatever I said that I wanted, you know, yeah. out of the custody, they, they agreed to. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, it kind of, it came out of nowhere. Not that that was a bad thing, but it was just very, very surprising that, you know, that at that point, you know, she folded the game. She's like, okay, I'm out. That's it. You know? And, and that was, that was, that was the end of it. So it was, it was a long, long yeah. hard road uh, for, for quite a while. And that literally happened with Jack over at your house. Like yeah. it was in the other day. Oh, wow. Okay. Just getting contact. Cause that's really incredible. But keep going. Keep going. Well, I'd love to know. So, Eight years, obviously, uh, uh, we, we only have a 20-minute segment. But um, um, talk to us about how this all started. Uh, well, I mean, it started off with, you know, I, I was married and things weren't 
great uh, in the marriage, a little bit maybe on on both sides, just kind of two people who met and uh, just for one reason or another were not compatible with each other. And then you put a baby in the mix and that that kind of complicates things exponentially. Uh, and then did, did you make, did you, and, and again, you can, you can, if any of this is off limits, just tell me it's off limits. But w- when, when you, when you decided to have a child or you had, or maybe it was a surprise, I don't know, but w- however it came about, where were you in the relationship at the time? Did you, did you know things were kind of, you know, maybe not great or, um, w- what was the temperature of the relationship when, when the pregnancy happened? Uh, it was, it was actually good it was it was very you know yeah. things were going well and this was this wasn't one of those things where like oops yeah. you know yeah like, oh yeah. now what are we going to do it was it, we were, it was mutually agreed upon you know and i thought this was the person that that i wanted to uh to be with and we could start a family and all that kind of thing um but yeah i mean it was it was mutually agreed upon things were things were going well at that point and it wasn't until after um my daughter was born that everything just kind of went downhill very quick, not even downhill. It just kind of like went off a cliff and just hit the jagged rush at the bottom. Yeah. So, so then I assume this all the divorce proceedings and this was all sort of part and parcel, like the, the divorce proceedings and now, in, you know, initiating a, a custody battle. Um, right. Yeah, it okay. was, they were actually, they were actually, they were separate. Um, okay. Yeah, so there was there was the divorce stuff, which happened a good five years ago. But because the um, you know the, the the custody was in family court and with a separate set of lawyers and all that kind of stuff, right. it just that was what just kind of just dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. So, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this in particular is I don't think we hear a lot of stories of a father. Um, seeking and then obtaining mm-hmm. full soul custody. Um, is that how it started? Um, can you just talk to me a little bit about your um, your decision that, that that's what you wanted and 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 why? And, and did your lawyers have any or did, it, did your lawyers have any thought about that about the difficulty thereof? Well, at at first, at first it was. It was very heavily, heavily weighted on the mother's on the mother's side. Even though, um, at at that time there was uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. uh, involved, um, but it's it's yeah, you're right. It's it's really they kind of side with the mother first, no matter what happens, and then they investigate. So it's almost like it's a presumption of of yeah capabilities yes like the mother's the one that can take care of the child not the father even though the father might not have done anything it's in the child's best interest to be with the mother until we figure it out otherwise and that's really what what yeah. dragged dragged it on for for so long you know involving mental health stuff there had to be um uh you know evaluations and yeah. all this other kind of other kind of stuff so that you know that dragged on and you know how legal things go. I mean, there's no really such thing as swift justice. It it really drags on, and it just does not. You know, it it does not go quickly. And there were times where they're like, oh, so and so hasn't showed up today. I'll see you in two months. You know, so a lot of those happened. I mean, it really dragged itself out. Uh, just lots of things that like wrenches in the works left and right. 
you yeah. know. Um, so it was it was a very long, hard road. So how how did you? Because you know, we we whenever you know JJ and I, our, our experiences are mostly with uh, 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 breakups of you know just months to whatever right and or and if, if there's anything if there's any third party it might be an, an animal <laughs> um so i like um what how did you go about um managing your daughter's awareness along with probably her necessary involvement yeah. in what was going on how did you how did you manage that well, it was probably since the first visitation order that I got, which was maybe seven-ish years ago. Um, it, it was explicitly from then on uh, stated in, in each of the court orders that it was not, court was not to be discussed with the, the child, right. you know. So I never really, really discussed anything with her until... Uh, ACS handed uh, my daughter over to us uh, about uh, three, three years, about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, No. Yeah. Three years ago. And then, you know, once, once that happened, she came to live with us. I had to have talks and say, well, you're here for a safety reason. And, you know, I mean, I, I basically said it in, in such a way that, that, you know, a six-year-old could understand what was going on. And I said, there were, there's a difference between, you know, if you, if, if your leg is broken or if something is, you know, wrong with your brain and that's kind of what's going on here. And, you know, so I, I really, I, I guess I really had to kind of dance around and figure out what I want to say. And like, this is why you're here and why you're staying with us. Right. Um, because it was an issue with, with safety. I mean, I think my daughter knew that there was something off uh, yeah. that was going on when she was at home. But it's what I mean, as a kid, you just don't, you know, you, you don't know norm. exactly what, what the deal is. You know, you're like, okay, is this really how it's supposed to be? Because this is weird. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that my home life was off until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> exactly. I look back on mine and like, wow, we were, we were just total disaster. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, you know, you, you want to talk to your, talk to your child, let her know what's going on and say, this isn't what, what I wanted for you from the beginning, but nevertheless, here we are, and this is what's going on. And uh, I made it a point never to, to say anything um, negative about her mother. I never talked bad about her. I never said, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, that's not my, that's not my part, part in this, you know, my part isn't to turn her against her mom or say, this is this, these are the bad things about your mom. You know, I just, I said, you know, and I still say this, I said, you know, whatever relationship you want to have with your mom, that's up to you, you yep. know, knowing, knowing what you know now. And, you know, I will not stand in the way of you talking to her or seeing her as long as you're safe. Um, mm-hmm. But you're going to have to decide knowing what you know about how she is, what, what you want to, what kind of a relationship you want to have and how you want to progress as you're, as you, as you become a teenager and then, and then an adult. So I really just kind of played it that way because that's, you know, I, I feel that's what, a, that's what a parent needs to do. They don't, you know, yeah, it, it's not right to use them as, as a, a, a as a 
a piece of a chess game, you know? Right. Um, so I really just tried to, to play it straight, no matter, you know, my thoughts on, on her mom or anything like that. Um, yep. So I just kind of, you know, all the stuff that I would have discussed with the legal counsel uh, was completely kept away from her. So my job yeah. was always just, I, I need to be a parent and that's, that's yeah. all and part of yeah. part of being a parent is to keep the kids safe, no matter how the other parents, you know? So is. when ACS turned, um, turned her over to your custody, you said, we, you remarried during this process. I did. I did. Um, and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't dating at all and I wasn't looking to because I was in the middle of transitioning from uh, a career in publishing to what I'm doing now, which is filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I, I, I have between, between the court stuff, between trying to figure out, you know, my position in this, in this business is which is where I, where I want to be. I just, I, I didn't have time to do any of that. Like literally there was, there was no time to even think of anything other than myself, other than finding my way in this industry. And then yeah. Uh, I was introduced to, well, my now wife, my someone who's like, oh, you should see this person. They're very cool. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll meet them and whatnot. And then we met and, you know, it was like from the first, from the first dinner that we had, it was like, I'm like, I'm going to be upfront with you. You know, I really enjoy spending time with you. And I think this is, this is great. And, but I'm in the middle of a huge spider web mess of, of, you know, difficulty and, and uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she was like, well, okay. You know, I mean, I can, I can handle that. And I said, can, can you though? I was like, yeah. I said, if you wanna, it's, it's tough. And, you know, she, she has been um, like, how do I want to say she has stood by me through all the stuff that, that I've gone through. Like, that's why I kind of said like, do you really want to? Cause I was expecting her to like, after a few weeks be like, this is, you're right. This is too much. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go. And she never did, you know, she stuck around. She believed in, in what was going on. She had a good, good relationship with my daughter. They became, I mean, it took about six months for me to, to introduce them. Yeah. But once I, once I felt like this was someone that, that, I think my daughter should know and that I may want to have in my life moving forward. Um, they, you know, they have just been, been really great together. She's motherly to her, but at the same time, she's, she's kind of chill and laid back, like, like a stepmom should be, you know, they do like, they do their movies and junk days when I have to work, like they'll get pizza and watch Harry Potter all day, and that kind of stuff, you know? So uh, I mean, I think that it's like to find someone like that in my position was almost like, you know, wow. I want pizza and Harry Potter. Can I, can she be my stepmom? I know. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? She's available. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't, we don't have the video once you can't see us, but uh, JJ and I are both misty over here. Yeah. Listening to you talk about your, your wife. The um, other thing that makes me misty, Joe, just to like seize an opportunity to tell you is that your ability to be eloquent and clarifying to your daughter for this incredibly complex, nuanced situation and the way that you're talking about it right now with, with so much clarity just speaks to how thoughtful you are as a person, I think. Yes. And I mean, I, yeah, and I knew you as a thoughtful creator. 
uh, creative person who has idea and vision. Um, but it only makes sense that you're also thoughtful about life. And I don't know, this is the first time I've heard this story and it just, it speaks volumes to the kind of person you are. Oh, well, well, thank you. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I think I've been in, you know, rough times throughout my life. I'm like, Oh, am I going to make it through this? Like I was, you know, I, I moved to New York and a year later I got laid off my publishing job and I was un- unemployed for like two years. And I was like, I had like literally no money. I had a place to stay and food and that was it. You know, mm-hmm. I had nothing, nothing extra. And I was like, and I got through that and I was like, okay, well, that's probably going to be one of the worst times in my life. If I can make it in New York city and still eat and, and have a place to live, that I'll be okay. Right. On. And, but this came up and I was like, okay, no, I guess there's a whole other Mount Everest to climb here yeah. to, to, to do this. So I think that it was just one of those things that really, te- really tested me. Cause I've always been like, do, do you think you would have approached the long haul eight year battle uh, with the the resilience and the the stamina and would you would you have approached it that way had you not had that two year of experience of of living through tough times and like did you did you come into this situation knowing that you were resilient and could survive and it would it would work out and it would be tough but it would still work out in the end because you had already had you know battle scars yeah. Honestly, yeah, because I, I, I knew myself and I was like, I've had, you know, even before when I was in publishing, like, you know, I, I, I graduated college and then I, I dicked around for a while and then I got a job at a restaurant, which was, I love to cook, but not for a hundred people every night. So it was just like really not my personality and it was just very stressful. And, you know, I, I, I feel like kind of, you know, there was, there were times there where I was just, you know, life really put me through the ringer. And the ultimate one was this, this thing with, with, with my kid but really this I, I didn't I didn't do this for for me you know I wasn't trying yeah. to I wasn't trying to to one-up anybody I wasn't trying right. to say well you know plant my flag and say I, I took this hill kind of thing this was like I, I'm, I'm doing this for my daughter there's a safety issue here involved and you know I really think that once you know I guess the only thing that and not that this is this is a proper analogy, maybe, but it's really people who have who have pets, you know, that that they'll they'll do anything for them. And if something happens, you know, you you'll you'll put yourself in the way of maybe another dog trying to hurt your dog or something. You know what I mean? Something like that. And again, that's yeah. probably a poor analogy. But until you really have a child, you don't know that the things that you will be like, okay, uh, I'm going to go through this. This yeah. isn't for me. You know, I I can't be selfish here and say, oh uh, well, you know. I'm, I'm not going to do this because there was a time where, where, where someone told me, they're like, you know, I'm really surprised that you're, that you're hanging in there through all this because many, many men in your position would have signed off their rights years ago because they just don't want to deal with it. And they say, so, you know, so good for you for, for sticking it out and and hanging in there because, uh, you know, it's been a long, a, a long journey for you and a tough one at that. So. Yeah, and you're still learning what you're made of. Like the more love that you have for someone and in your life, the more that you're capable of as far as like uh, the the sacrifices that you'll make for them. And what a testament for that, though. Yeah, and don't worry about the pet analogy. I've already told JJ that if I was holding both him and Maxie over the 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 precipice of a of a volcano, <laughs> by JJ, Maxie would be the new co-host. <laughs> that was on a different episode. Well. Joe, I mean, we could dig into this 
for hours, oh, and I hope yeah, we can days. have you back to, to talk more about this. Um, but I, I want to thank you for coming on. And yeah. honestly, you're you're such a great dad, and you're such a great friend, and you're such a great creator. And I I I am I've told you this privately. I am convinced that of all the things that you make and all the stuff that you like to do and the films and the horror stuff and the, this is your story. And I cannot wait to see what you make from it. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's an honor. It's an honor to listen to you tell it here and now and whatever way that it impacts your life from here on, I think you're going to figure out how to turn it into something positive and how to make the best of it for your daughter and for yourself and, um, I have confidence in that from knowing you for sure. Joe, if people want to see your work, where they where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on my website. It's josephpatrickconroy.com. And I also have a production company, which is a lot of, you know, corporate stuff, commercial, a lot of music videos. Uh, and that's americanamedia.com. That's Americana with a K. And actually, Americana Media is an anagram of my daughter's first and middle name. Oh, what? You didn't know that. Joe is oh. continuously the coolest person I've ever met. Oh. <laughs> All right. There's no better way to, to, to end that. So we will be right back uh, after this break with some love and light. I don't think either of us could pick a fight after that. <laughs> uh, see, you, see you right after this. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Jack, mm -hmm. it's time for us to either love and light or pick a fight. Well, because you know me, I'm I'm usually a pick a fight person, but honestly, I've been feeling very good lately. I feel in a nice upswing. I think it's the the opening of things after the pandemic and the, the weather. Opening. Oh, the weather's been so beautiful in New York. Uh, so I've got love and light. <gasps> so my love and light is to comedian uh, Jessica St. Clair. Cool. So Jessica St. Clair, I'm sure some of you certainly know her. She's she's a fairly established person. Um, I know, I remember her from Best Week Ever, um, but I've recently rediscovered her. She hosts a podcast called The Deep Dive with June Diane Raphael. And this is why, and I mean, it's great, and I love June, and it's a podcast that I listen to, and I recommend it to all of you. But the reason that Jessica is getting my love and light is... She and June were talking about, on a recent episode, they were talking about um, just how, you know, life, just general about life's ups and downs. And she, she was talking, she was saying that she has a friend right now, or she was talking to a friend who at that moment was going through what she called a People Magazine moment. <laughs> and she just kept saying, in trying to console her friend who sort of felt like, Things were at the, you know, things were really bad. Oh. She was saying, you are living your People Magazine moment right now. Wow. And I promise you, in two years, you're going to be sitting on a beach. We're going to be having a drink. All of this is going to be in the past. And you will be happy again. Mm. Like, I promise you. And she said it. And I'm do not doing it justice. I'm actually kind of tearing up even talking about it. Because mm. she's, it was so beautiful and so poignant and hit me mm. Out of nowhere, I was just like walking around the house listening to a podcast, like doing odds and odds and ends, and I had to like stop. Yeah. It sort of stopped me cold because it really cut me to the core. And I actually wrote her a little message on Instagram. I'm sure you know it's a, among a million DMs. She's a blue check mark. But, I um, love that there's a vocabulary for that kind of thing now too. It a People magazine moment. It really the way she said it and the way she talked about it. Because I'm someone who who kind of feels like this is my. I mean, it's my two year mark since my People magazine <laughs> moment. So it really hit. 
Mm. Uh, so love and light to Jessica St. Clair. She really touched me. Oh, I love that. I love that for you. I love that. Oh, that is the most. Do you know? I, that is the, that is my favorite <laughs> passive aggressive like shitty thing to say to somebody. Yeah, I love that for you. I know. It's like that's great for you. Whatever. It's great for you. It's a very whatever. I see that for you. <laughs> I mean it earnestly because I'm I'm yes, just a diehard earnest person. Anyway, all right. What are you doing? I'm loving and lighting okay. um, as well. And this is uh, to Christian Lord, who is a tattoo artist in Brooklyn. His Instagram is at lord.tattoo. And I just got tatted for the first time. And I'm so excited about it. I have a forearm tattoo of a spoon and Cheerios and a quote on my chest. And I got them both at the same time. We did my forearm first and it was not as painful as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christian was also just really cool and chill. So it was like good company and... Then my chest, and that hurts so much that I haven't, like, I've been tempted to swing on a stranger, like, twice in my life, I think. Once getting, um... <laughs> I've been tempted to swing on a stranger twice today. <laughs> <laughs> Once getting um, a, a local anesthetic injected into my chin, and then the other time getting this tattoo. I, <laughs> Christian, you're the coolest, and I would never, but oh my god, it hurts so much, and it felt personal. It's like, why are you <laughs> mad at me? It's so mean. Um... And he warned me. He's like, "All right, I'm switching to like a more intense needle for the for the chest piece. It's gonna hurt more." Because I was like taking naps during the forearm. I was it, you're lying on your back and it was cozy, and I would actually like, close my eyes because it's an hours and hours process or whatever. But for my chest, I couldn't even look down because you know it's right under your chin and you can't really see. But I would watch him like take a napkin and wipe it, and it was not just ink; it was bloody. And oh, terrible. for sure, yeah. And um, but I love the tattoo. I'm super happy with having both of these things on my body permanently because it's a mind fuck. And I, I thought for ten years about one of these tattoos, and I'm I'm super pumped about it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to reach out to him because I like what he did with you, and I I've been looking to actually start a journey to a sleeve. Yes, cool. So good stuff. Alrighty. Well, um, thank you for joining us on Dying Alone Together. If you liked our podcast, if you enjoy listening to us week to week, make sure you, of course, subscribe to wherever you're listening to us. Drop us a rating. Drop us a review. It helps us reach more people. Um, Thank you to our special guests. Thank you to our sponsors. And um, if you would like to be featured on Dying Alone Together, we have people on all the time. Um, You don't have to be a a mildly gay famous person to roll in our podcast. We can talk about your dating history. You can submit us a story that we can judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can play a game with us. If you would like to be part of this, please DM us on our Instagram. That's at Dying Alone Podcast. You can also follow me at, at Jack Tracy Official. At JJ Bozeman for me. Dying Alone Together is produced by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can find more from Necessary Outlet at www.necessaryoutlet.com or on the Necessary Outlet YouTube page. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Mm-hmm.